Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, and relationships. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. So does your sex life feel like you're simply co-masturbating with your partner? Are you missing the connection of intimacy that you expect from real lovemaking? Well, on today's show, we're going to be talking about how to explore a higher level of intimate connection by engaging in tantric intimacy that could last for hours. Mm. And we're going to be looking at why we need to focus on attaining an orgasmic state instead of a simple orgasm. Oh, I can't wait for that. But before we get started, let's uh, talk about our Throws of Passion Waterproof Blanket, which um, is going to help if you're fed up with sleeping in the wet spot, or are you fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex? Well, we have a simply sexy solution for you. Our Throws of Passion Waterproof Blanket is 100% waterproof and leak-proof and guarantees to keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets even if you're a huge squirter like Carol is. So just throw it down and get it on and let your Throws of Passion blanket take care of the mess. Whether it's massage oils, lubes, or any other sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking brand new. Now available in two sizes, that's jumbo and travel size. You can order yours today on Amazon. Just search Throws of Passion blanket. Great sex starts now. Yeah, go order it right now. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we're so excited to introduce our amazing guest this week. Katrina Boss is a Canadian speaker, author, and tantrika. She teaches meditation, yoga, sacred sexuality, and spiritual wellness. Katrina, welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle, and thank you for taking time out of your day for talking about tantra today. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. So Tantra is that buzzword that's been popping up in the Western world over the past decade or so, and it's often associated with sex and sexuality. It's not very well understood and probably more likely misunderstood. So we're really excited to be able to talk with you today as an expert on everything to do with Tantra and clarify everything like the who's, what, when, where, and why that Tantra is all about. So Katrina, yeah, we're going to have a great discussion, but first tell us a little bit how you got into it and um, we know it's a passion that you live by every minute of the day. Yeah, I first discovered Tantra when I was married. I was married for 20 years and about halfway through the marriage, you know, we had a really great marriage. Like according to the world, you know, we were loving, we were kind, the sex was great, orgasms all around, everything, you know, according to, you know, cosmopolitan, we had a great sex life, you know. And yet I knew that there was something more like I knew that there was more in the intimacy. I knew that there was more in the sex. I knew just I just knew that we were like scratching the surface of something, even though the world said this is as good as it gets. And and literally the word Tantra 
bubbled up inside of me. I'd never heard it before. I didn't know anything about it. And this was pre-internet, so I had to go to the local library. And we lived on a farm in the middle of nowhere in Ontario. And I had to go to the library and ask these little old ladies to order me in books on Tantra, (laughs) which was absolutely hilarious because they ordered all these books from all over Ontario. And when I went to pick them up, and this was still when they had to, like, stamp the books, you know. (laughs) Take them out of the library. Seriously. And and they're looking at me because all these books were all about communes and kink and, you know, uh, rituals under the blood moon and all this stuff like and I'm, I'm so of course they're looking at me and they're looking at these books like under over their glasses like what the hell like oh my god but and I took it home and most of it wasn't what I was looking for and then I finally found a couple books about connecting through the heart and really the spiritual part of tantra and how it applies to love making and intimacy and relationships and that's when I realized this is what I was seeking and at the time my husband he was really upset about it. He he really took it offense to it because, you know, he was like, well, what's wrong with my lovemaking? How, you know, are you saying it's not good enough? Because really, according to the world, he was more than good enough, you know, but I just knew that there was more. And so then I, I eventually did get him to play with me and, and we just had these absolutely unbelievable experiences. And at one moment, we went away to Jamaica, and we had this bubble to kind of really dive deep into it. And I had this complete awakening during intimacy where this energy shot up through my spine. And I literally, I, I can't even explain it, but I just, I don't know, vibrated for a while or something. I, there's weird words for it. but And all of a sudden, I just knew something. Memories came back. All these things came back to me, and, and I knew I had to teach this. And then I began to travel for a while because I was living in the middle of nowhere. And I thought, I need to see what else, what other things are happening in the community and find other people that were having the same experiences I was having. Because the lovemaking wasn't, it's like it wasn't even sex anymore. It was more like two beings connecting and creating a whole different spark or a whole different. And the hard thing is, when we talk about this, it's like we don't even have the language for it. It's like talking about anything that's, you know, transcendent or spiritual. You can't actually speak to it because it's not, it's hard to describe. And um, and so I started traveling and I started doing Tantra workshops and different things all over the world. And But I, it was all completely focused on tricks and ways to have multiple orgasms. And, and there was a lot of consent and healing and yoni massage and lingam massage and things like that which are very valuable. Like there's a lot of sexual healing needed in the world. And these retreats are really, really good for that. But it wasn't the Tantra that I was experiencing. And so I would tell my stories, you know, about what was happening in these otherworldly experiences. I, I had one lover after I was married for a while and he wasn't spiritual at all. And he would just look at me and he used to call me the alien because he's <laughs> like, this isn't human. Like this isn't normal. What's happening here? And I just kind of look at it because I was just exploring it myself because it's like I knew things, but I had to actually experience it to put it into words, you know, and so then something would happen between us and I would be kind of, I don't know, it's in this blissful state and he's like in convulsions in this weird orgasm and he can't handle it. And I'm watching it going, well, this is so interesting. Like I really felt like this 
strange alien just observing what the humans do. And it was very, very strange anyway. And afterwards, he would just say, I think he was like a deer in the headlights for the whole three years. Like, it was just like, wow. Like, I don't understand what yeah. this is. And all I kept thinking was, no, I think this is normal. Mm-hmm. I think this is actually what humans are made for. Mm-hmm. But the challenge is, is that in our society, I mean, I think you guys really speak to this a lot in, in your series because because sex has been so taboo and it's been something that's been, if you like sex, there's something wrong with you, you're sinful. You know, if you even have the thought, you're already heading to hell. Like it doesn't, all these things have come into our consciousness to the point that we're not even allowed to talk about sex. Even in long-term relationships, we're afraid to say, you know, I kind of, that doesn't work for me. And it's so weird. It's become this weird thing. So our sex lives, and also we can't talk to our children. Mm-hmm. So our kids, like when we were raised, we basically were told, you know, don't do it. And if you do use a condom and today the kids are just scared shitless about STDs. Like, I right. mean, that's all they learn about in school is all the nasty ways like your penis can fall off. Like it's just horrible. And so it's just not only do they have guilt and sin, now they've got fear and all kinds of things. So the challenge is, is what happens is we, we only default to what our bodies know. And what our bodies understand is a procreative style of sex. Because left to knowing nothing, we will simply figure out how the body parts fit together. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what orientation or anything. Mm-hmm. And we'll rub together long enough before we have an orgasm or some kind of ejaculatory orgasm or something. And then we think we're done. Because that's in nature, that's all that's needed to create the next generation Mm -hmm. but the problem is because we aren't taught anything and our parents didn't know anything and the whole thing's just been become this huge taboo topic we never understand that there's so much more beyond that procreative model that that the ejaculation is the ultimate goal and if that stays an ultimate goal it's a very very small box and the challenge is in a lot of the um, in the Tantra community, Tantra is actually, it is, it's truly a spiritual journey, right? And, but because it promises, it's like it promised down we all know is possible, like this absolutely exalted, holy crap state, but we can't get to it because we just, it's like we keep acting within a model that just won't get us there. And so, but basically what happens is people start studying Tantra but they delete the God part, they delete the spiritual part, because, you know, that part of our world's been really bastardized, right? The, it's become about power and become about control and all these crazy things. So we kind of go, okay, I, I don't want to hear that, but I just want to have, you know, they have these pictures of two people sitting in Yabium, like sitting on each other's laps and energy flying up into the universe. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want. But it's like, but that is the end result of a long journey of personal growth and bringing two whole people together. And then you've got like two worlds colliding as opposed to two, you know, sad, broken people who are just basically looking for comfort with each other, which is cool. We need to find comfort with each other. But the journey is actually bringing yourselves to that whole place yourself and then two worlds colliding. And then you're talking about like, like an atomic bomb. Like it's not even it's not even remotely the same as rubbing up against each other until you come. So can I, you know, can I just get mm-hmm. clarity when you started this journey, you were a married person 
And Mm -hmm. uh, by the end of your journey, you're no longer married. Can we just get a little bit of details on how that transition, your husband did not find this style of journey or this uh, awakening the same as you did? I can't really speak for my ex-husband. Like for me, I just knew that this was a journey I wanted to take. And, you know, when he and I went away, we had this absolutely incredible experience. Like it was just, it was, it was not only like we had, we made love like seven hours a day without even blinking. Like it was, and that was just the time we were in bed. Like, I mean, in between, it's like everything we did was making love. It didn't matter what we were doing. It was, we attained this kind of intimacy that I knew was possible. Like it, and it wasn't like codependent weirdness. It was just this amazing, loving, safe soul connection that I knew was actually the point of having an intimate partner. And we came home and our kids were just like, whoa, like what happened to you guys? Like you're like, <laughs> we're just like. <laughs> the aliens took you away and then re-delivered you home. <laughs> Seriously. And, and now you're like 12 years old. Like we're literally, I don't think we had an ounce of age left in us. Mm. We were just completely... And it lasted for a little while, but then eventually I just felt us sort of go back into our old patterns. And eventually I just realized that for whatever reason, this wasn't my husband's path. You know, he's a great guy. Like we're still really good friends and we're, we, you know, we hang out and stuff, but it just wasn't his journey. And that was all it was. And it actually sort of allowed me the peace of mind to just look at him and be able to love him and say, I'm obviously meant to explore this elsewhere. And I don't understand why, like maybe there's cosmic reasons that I needed to go out and explore and have many lovers and do all these things because of the work I'm doing. You know, maybe that's all it was. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, we needed to, we needed to diverge. Mm -hmm. So we did, but now we're still great friends and it's, Wow. And every so often it's funny because he and his, his new girlfriend actually took my online Tantra course. <laughs> <laughs> of course they did. Why not? Now, there's all different right? types of Tantra. We always think about it with sex, but I mean, we, we want some clarity here. So what what is all the different types of Tantra? There's a lot of different ways that they organize them, but the big way in the West is they talk about red Tantra, white Tantra, and black Tantra. And the white Tantra is sort of the kind of Tantra that people would study in a in a monastery so they i don't know if you've ever seen a yantra it's a it's a geometric oh okay Mm -hmm. shape and it's got all these interwining lines and things and the point of a yantra is that they would stare at the yantra especially the center point to actually connect with god and find enlightenment because the the bottom line of tantra is always about the fusion of the spiritual and the physical because as humans we tend to live in one or the other world. We tend to be only physical, that we're focused on business, relationships, fitness, food, politics, whatever. And that that kind of fills our entire mind. And, you know, once in a while we burn incense or once in a while we go to church or something like that. And But we don't really blend these worlds. They're very separate. And then there's other people who only live in the spiritual world. And they could be Christians. They could be um, they could even be yogis that are just basically like, all that matters is my connection with God and everything else is sinful, relationships, money, all these things, politics. I don't want to hear anything about it because it, it distracts me from my journey to God. And the foundation of Tantra is that these two worlds are meant to be together, that you're supposed to live fully in the world, fully in intimacy, fully in your work, fully in your children, everything. But you do it with this infinite perspective, with this 
this because we are both right we're not just physical and we're not just spiritual we literally are the meeting there's a chinese symbol for heaven or something and i'm going to say this completely wrong but basically or human is the is the conversion of heaven and earth mm, okay. and that's literally what humans are so this is the foundation of tantra so the white tantra only focuses on the connection to god there's no right there, but of course these these are this is practiced by monastics people who have left the world they've left the village so this is the practice of white tantra red tantra is sort of the dead opposite it is very physically based it's very focused on so yoni is the woman's um, sexual organs it's not just the vagina it's it's the whole system because it really is a whole system like sexually sometimes we treat the woman just like a vagina mm-hmm. that you just simply pump but really there's a whole system there that will come alive if you're you know what you're doing mm-hmm. you know and so they really focus on yoni massage lingam massage which is a, a sanskrit word for penis and um which is very very important like this is actually very valuable because we have so much trauma locked up in our sexual organs that can never be addressed in any kind of massage without you know people losing their license <laughs> but they course. also focus on consent they focus on all these and then they also in in my and this is only my opinion um, a lot of people love the red tantra world. It isn't my path because it's, I mean, I'm glad I, I did all the things I did, but I find that beyond the healing realm, there's a ceiling because they've deleted the spiritual part, right? It's sort of like people who study yoga and they think it's an exercise regimen, which is valuable. Stretching and stuff is really good. And, you know, peaceful music is awesome. But there's a there's a limit to how far you, you'll never actually reach that happy yogi state simply by being able to do like a handstand or something mm-hmm. like there's a deeper practice there. And so with the red tantra, there tends to be a ceiling. And with that, because of that ceiling, it actually sets up almost a sex addiction, right? It almost sets up this, OK, well, let's let's try this. And then so the red tantra retreats, depending on what you go for they can go way over the line in my, in my, I went to one in Greece that I, uh, I didn't think I had a line. <laughs> oh, we jumped so far past my line. Like I really, I mean, I'm, I'm wide open. I'm kind of like, okay, I'm here to have an experience. So I'm all in and, but it just, it just, it wasn't healthy in my opinion. And so anyway, but that's very, very much my opinion. A lot of people love the Red Tantra world, and it's very healing and very very beneficial in a world where we don't talk about relationships and consent and sexuality enough. Um, and then there's Black Tantra, which I can't speak to too much, but it's all, a lot about using sexual energy to almost manifest things in the world, almost like a, a magical... I really can't speak to it, but there is that, so <laughs> I should, I don't really know that much about it, so... And so you you live in the white tantra world? Is that where you're understanding? So how I see it is what I teach, I find it really hard to put myself in any of those positions, but what I I really love is the white tantric perspective where the, it's a personal journey that you go on, but you apply it fully in the world. You know what I mean? Like it's not, I don't live a monastic life. I, I do live fully in the world and so to me, to take that expansion that each of us are capable of 
and fully apply it into our relationships, fully apply it into our sex lives, apply it to our jobs, apply it to the community, apply it to the village. That's where I believe Tantra is mm. really, really valuable. And and I think the challenge with the, the white versus red is that the white comes from a monastery life. And the red is the is the North American or the Western version of it. So there's actually a big middle place. <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like there's a yeah, sounds... there's a big for these things. Some people will say there's also pink tantra, but I just think that's going to. <laughs> well, it sounds like you know. it's a spectrum from one end to another that you could apply it a little bit, a lot, or in your whole world and only physical, only spiritual, and that it can do a lot of things on your journey. And it doesn't seem like it's a state. It's like, it's a, like, seems like it's a progression as you move along in your life. Well, I, I think this is a great time to just take a quick break. Uh, such an amazing discussion that we're having here with uh, Tantrika um, Katrina Boss, all about Tantra and everything that she knows about it. But uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about how you can apply all of that information to have more than just sex. And you can actually explore some Tantric intimacy that perhaps could last for hours. So this is A Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we'll be right back right after this. Okay, before we get into the next segment, we're going to remind everyone to join us at Nadia Norleans, July 24th to 28th, 2019. Nadia Norleans is the largest lifestyle convention for couples in the world with 1,300 of the sexiest couples around. This event is not only a full takeover of two of the French Quarter's biggest hotels, but it takes over the world-renowned Bourbon Street as well. And the Astor Hotel and the Saint Hotel are currently sold out and only 50 rooms left in a third hotel. So you're really going to have to book quickly if you want to participate this year. Don't miss. You can check out the SexyLifestyle.com business pages on the Travel and Events tab for more information on how to book your tickets. It's a crazy, fun, entertaining, informative annual event in the heart of the French quarters of Narlands. You don't want to miss it. Do you think it's sexy as well? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Last year, we were the king and queen, and we led the parade, so come join us there. All right, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David having an amazing discussion with Tantrika Katrina Boss, all about how Tantra can take you to a whole new level of conscious behavior to help you get more out of your sex life than just having sex. So we're much more enlightened now about what Tantra is and, and perhaps how it can help with your intimacy and spirituality and maybe even some balance in your life. Now it's time to get some nitty gritty, dirty down to the details about how Tantra <laughs> can help with sex, because that's what we're here to talk about. How do we have great sex? So let's, you mentioned it earlier, but let's talk about the difference between procreative sex and Tantric intimacy. So procreative sex, again, only takes into consideration our physical form, right? It, it really assumes that, well, there's a body there and I'm a body and we're going to rub these bodies together until we, um, and I'm going to say orgasm, but it's really important to understand that orgasm and ejaculation are separate. Like they're actually very, so sometimes people will talk, because I will talk about forgetting about ejaculation and what that often means to people is like, oh, so I don't orgasm. But orgasm and ejaculation are separate events. Every woman knows this, mm -hmm. but men don't get this because generally because they normally happen together. Mm -hmm. Like in a procreative model, it's the power of the orgasm that that forces the ejaculation. 
So we think that they actually are the same thing. But the truth is men can absolutely orgasm without ejaculation. And sadly, they can ejaculate without orgasm. Mm, interesting. And so it's so it's a very separate thing. And so it's important to separate that. Um, so in a procreative model, the goal becomes this, you know, few second ejaculatory orgasm, let's say. And, and even in women, we've started this like with the sexual revolution, like before the sexual revolution, women weren't even believed that they could orgasm. It wasn't even important, which is a whole other discussion. But, <laughs> um, but then with the sexual revolution, women discovered that this was real, this was needed, this was part of our true happiness. Um, but then what happened is we started, it's natural to be kind of, well, I want to orgasm like you do. So we started making women have like kind of ejaculatory orgasms. So there became this incredible focus on clitoral orgasm and clitoral stimulation so that we would have this huge rise and fall like a man would. But really we're just now replicating this procreative ejaculation in both parties, but we're not getting any higher on the mountain. We're just playing in the same level. We're not actually getting beyond it. So the question always becomes, why do you want to be intimate with this other person? And if the goal is to get off, if the goal is to have that, that release, that, that ejaculatory release, men or women, we both have it, then procreative sex is awesome, right? It's the best way to fall asleep if you, if you can't yeah. stop your mind or if you're stressed out at work and, oh, my, like, you know what I mean? This is, this is incredible joy. Like, I don't, there's nothing wrong with procreative sex. I'm not really into it personally, but I just, it's, it's. I get it 100%. It's not that I never do it because it's really useful, right? It's a very useful thing, and especially if you want to have babies. <laughs> yes, especially. And, but, and for release, like you said, right? Absolutely. Like release is really important in our crazy world. Like this is not a small thing. And, and even that, there's nothing wrong with it. And it's not that that can't be wonderful and healing and nurturing. Like I don't want to take anything away from that. But tantric intimacy is very different when you look at someone and you actually want to unite like you actually want to you know when you sit and you look at someone and it's almost like you just want to crawl inside of them like you just want to melt your whole being into their being and kind of see what happens and and that's a very different experience it's like you know, like when you're hugging someone, like you're naked and you're lying in bed and you're just like, I can't even get close enough to you. Mm, <laughs> like yeah. I just want to just, I just am desperate to just crawl inside of you. I mean, it's a weird way to say it, but it's like, I just want to, that desire, the reason we have it is because it's truly possible. Like we're truly able to completely merge together. And so for example, I'm going to just back up a little. So Tantra, one of the challenges of, of connecting the spiritual and the physical world is if you think of the spiritual world, if you think of, and I'm going to use the word God, and I know it's not popular, so just, you know, people just have to <laughs> say whatever makes sense to them. But uh, it's exhausting to talk around it. So, um, but whatever you believe, God, consciousness, spirit, guy, whatever it is, it's a singularity. It's a oneness. This is why the religions say that God is omnipotent, omniscient. It's all things, all, it's all the, we are one, you are me, all this stuff. It makes no sense, right? It's not reasonable in this world, but it is reasonable in this oneness, whatever that is, right? But we exist in a duality where we get to actually experience each other 
we're not in that singularity of oneness. We're in a duality where we get to talk to each other. We get to be intimate with each other. We get to interact with each other. This is duality, right? But the reality is we only interact in a masculine, feminine way or a yin-yang way or however you want. And when those two halves come back together, if they truly merge, you return to the singularity and you experience bliss. And this can be in talking and listening, helping someone. It can be all, it doesn't have to just be intimacy. It can be giving and receiving, feeding some, anything that's joyful. Like for me, for example, I used to love hosting Christmas dinner. We had a farm and so everyone would come to the farm for Christmas dinner because we couldn't leave. There were dairy cows. And I loved it. I loved the act of giving, the masculine act of giving. And I, lo- I didn't want anyone to do anything because I just loved that these people were here receiving what I'd made. And it was sheer bliss, right? It was absolute bliss. And if someone had come to me and said, okay, well, I want to do something for you because you did this. I'm like, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> You're going to ruin it. Like my joy is in the giving. I just want your joy to be in the receiving. And when you have this joy of giving and receiving, a oneness happens. And I I think a lot of people in intimacy, especially if they've stepped out of sort of the standard missionary, we can't talk about it kind of sex. It's like we have little moments of that. We have moments of merging. And then you sort of come back out and you have moments of merging. And I find a lot of people who want to study Tantra have had these moments but they don't know how to replicate them because they don't know what happened. Mm. And in my experience, what's happened is this merging has happened and you've tasted this bliss state, which is our ultimate joy. Like nothing touches it. Mm. And so tantric intimacy comes from this merging. Like you look at this other person and you actually get to merge together. So then suddenly how you would do it is very different right? You're not going to stay separate. It requires actual trust between the people because you need to be able to drop your guards. You need to be able to drop your projections, right? That they, we have a lot of projections. We want people to see us in a certain way. They want to, we want them to see us as strong, sexy, powerful, all these kind of things. But to be able to drop all that and just literally like bear our soul and then let two bared souls come together that's the only way we can merge. So, Katrina, and I, mm-hmm. I have a quick question. You're, you're talking about the difference between procreative sex and tantric intimacy. In your writings and your books, you also talk about the co-masturbating versus making love. Do these like intertwine mm-hmm. with each other as well? Yeah, it's actually that's a, it's even a, it's a better way to describe it because imagine like you know for making love. Someone once said to me once, one of my students actually, he said, he said, would you define making love as the act of literally creating love energy and sending it out into the world? (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) And I thought, how, but how beautiful is that? The idea that actually you are, you're literally cultivating this incredible love between you and every act. So it's like, if you touch the other person, you're not touching them for your pleasure. Mm. You're touching them to have a deeper connection and a deeper closeness and to nourish each other as opposed to, you know, I love your nipples or, or something. I mean, you can still do that, but, um, so lovemaking is very different. So for me, for example, before I discovered Tantra, I might say to my husband, I don't want to just have sex. I want to make love. 
And he would look at me because he loves me and he'd say, okay, well, just tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. And then I would say, well, you should know what to do. Mm -hmm. If I have to tell you, it's not the same. Because I didn't have the words to describe what lovemaking was. But it's almost like you can tell the difference between lovemaking and having sex. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's something very different about that feeling. It's sort of the difference between lying in bed and literally just caressing and loving and kissing and sometimes having intercourse and then just continuing this beautiful pillow talk and just doing that for hours and hours as opposed to, you know, holy crap, let's get this over with. The kids are finally asleep, (laughs) you know. And Katrina, why do you think the world and society defaults to just having sex? I, I, because they don't know any different. Hmm. They don't and know the what they don't too, know. I think, I think the world has come out of very difficult times. Like we're not, this, our generation, we're not coming out of a utopic kind of world. I mean, 500 years ago, we were in the dark ages. You know, people were really suffering. There was war and famine and difficulty. And, you know, even Canada, you know, we were landed immigrants who literally were like brushing their way through the woods, farming, pure survival. At the end of the day, they were just lucky to get lucky. Yeah. You know, and it felt there wasn't good. a real spiritual thing. And I think this is why things like Tantra, things like even all the discussions you guys are having with your people are new, right? Because the consciousness is allowing it. We're out. It's almost like we're coming out of survival mode finally after centuries and centuries millennia and now we're able to actually look at our relationships and go hey is there more can we do this differently can we do it a way that the church didn't decide was okay and and i think it's and that's why it's rising now because it can it's more like we're living instead of existing Exactly. Living and, and like enjoying. We're able to look at it. Yeah. Today. And you know, okay. it's, it's interesting what you just brought up about the church because, um, you know, Carol and I are swingers and we have been for 10, 11 years. And, you know, we are a emotionally monogamous couple. Sexually, we like having sex and fucking other people. But way back, like you were talking centuries ago, those Roman orgies and multiple sexual partners was just part of society. And once church and religion got involved, they said, well, marriage is only supposed to be a male and female couple. For procreation. And and so, you know, swinging and tantra has been around for centuries and, and hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's amazing how it's changed in the last only a couple of thousands of well, years. Well, I guess, like you said, in the dark ages when people were just uh, surviving, there was no time for swinging orgies or uh, enjoying sex. They had to just survive. And now that we have a beautiful world where we have homes that are heated and a nice way of life, that we can actually go back to finding that happy place and enjoying our lives. I think that's maybe is the difference. Oh, totally. And... The sex thing is funny, right? Because I remember when I first started studying Tantra, what's really, they did a whole pile of studies, and I can't quote them properly, but there's a whole pile of studies about what happens to people when you separate them from their sexuality. And the reality is if you tell someone that their sexuality is sinful, you actually completely disempower them. And they are suddenly able to be controlled because you've cut them off from their life force. 
you've cut them off from what drives them, what brings them passion, what once that makes them want to wake up in the morning and be creative. And, you know, the, it's funny. I, what I've gone through times in my life where I just like crazy numbers of lovers and I am so creative then oh, yeah. <laughs> like it's just the things that come out of me. And, and, and it's not even that, you know, you know, I have all these lovers and I'm always happy. It's a real emotional thing. Like, cause you're, you're all in life, right? It's, it's up and down and you're, all kinds of bizarre things going on, but it's in that juicy time that real creativity happens. And so it was, it's really interesting to me, this separation of sexuality and um, the person, because if you can tell someone, if you can shame someone about their sexual thoughts, they will believe they're nothing. Wow. And they will be easily, easily um, controlled by the powers that be. So, you know, not to get all weird about it, but it's really important to reconnect that and allow people's, you know, it's it's like people get all weird about, oh, I can't believe that turns you on. And it's like, why? And, and, why, and why not? <laughs> who, who made, right? Why not? Who made the book? Yeah. Right? Who, yeah. who decided what was okay and what wasn't okay? Yeah. And, and, and what's really interesting to take it a step further in the Tantra world, um, to then separate sex and spirituality because it's funny. So I, I can't really explain it because, but I, when I had this real awakening with my, with my husband, I, I had memories, like just all these memories came flooding back and some of them were of orgies. And, but what was interesting about the orgies is they were like spirit led, you know, it was literally like, being in a room and anything went but it didn't necessarily mean sex it might have meant sex or it might not have meant sex but it didn't matter if it was sex because it wasn't a taboo thing it was just intimacy it was just genuine souls connecting however that worked and however the energy had to be created it was created but there were no rules. There was no line that you can touch my shoulder, but don't touch my boob, hmm. you know, hmm. or you can lock arms with me, but don't go inside of me. Mm-hmm. Like why in the world is, are there lines about this? Like it, it, unless somebody once said, it's like, I always laughed because I, uh, women, for example, would say, um, well, you're not a, I remember, I remember when I first lost my virginity and I thought afterwards, I'm like, okay, I'm no different right now. I was waiting for this massive mm. change of state. We certainly do. And the hilarious. We get that idea from what is virginity and what does it mean to have sex? We get an idea that we will somehow be different. Something will change. Those teenagers, 16-year-olds, whatever, who are dreaming about that first encounter, it for some reason, we are under the impression that something will change inside us. Well, and the hilarious thing is, you're not a virgin until a penis is inserted into you. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. You can do everything else. Like you can literally right. do everything else. And, and and you're still a virgin, which yeah. is nonsense. No, it's nonsense. I mean, the whole concept is nonsense. Right. But um, but it's and it's fascinating to me because people would say to me things like, well, how many men have you been with? And well, first of all, it's a ridiculous question. Right. But second of all, it's like, are you talking about how many penises have been inserted inside of me right. or how many men I've been with? Uh-huh. 
you know, in, in the immortal words of my daughter, she says, well, according to this, every lesbian's a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, right? <laughs> because like, it's just like, it's a cultural, yeah, water. yeah, it's a cultural it's- construct that doesn't really hold water anymore. And I'm glad that we can talk about it like this, because people are so... Uh, that's a word that just inspires so much, I don't know, thought, uh, thought provoking and emotion and everything. And it just needs to get out of our vocabulary. It's just a ridiculous word. Yeah. Yeah. We are having an amazing discussion with Katrina Boss, a speaker, author, and expert on Tantra and sacred sexuality. And this is A Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David, and we're going to take a short break. But coming up after the break, we're going to be looking at healing the genitals, resensitizing touch, and achieving orgasmic state. I can't wait. But first, let's talk about the SDC Croatian cruise in 2020 that we're going to be going on. We're going to be leaving from Venice, Italy, August 29, 2020, for seven sensual nights and eight glorious days of visiting some of the most historic cities in Europe throughout Croatia and the Eastern Mediterranean. So come party with us on a ship full of open-minded, sexy couples. Find yourself swept away into a dream world of such incredible beauty and sensuality. It's going to take your breath away. Again, for more information about this trip or anything else, you can visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, or even send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. Alrighty, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. We're having a great discussion with Tantrika and author Katrina Boss. And now we're going to continue our discussion with the how-tos of getting to that elusive orgasmic state. So let's start with that, <laughs> the difference between an orgasm and an orgasmic state. I know you've mentioned it a few times, but let's just get down to what is the definition or the difference between those two things. So if you imagine your nervous system, your nervous system, we've often compartmentalized it that, you know, if you hit your hand, it hurts the nerves in the hands hurt, whatever. But the nervous system is actually a complete unit. And you feel this, like if, if someone you're attracted to suddenly walks up behind you and touches your shoulder or touches your arm, your whole body vibrates, right? It, everything goes, it goes right down to your feet or that first time someone kisses you and your mm. whole body becomes warm and lovely, right? Or on the converse, if you stub your toe, your whole body, mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. moves. It's not just in that isolated place. The challenge with procreated sex is we become very localized in the genitals and so suddenly the excitement it gets a hundred percent localized there and we forget about the rest of our body and the reality is we have to actually expand that into every part of our body because that orgasm that orgasmic feeling could should be throughout our whole being you should feel it in your fingertips and your eyeballs and your toes everything which is really the difference and this is where the focus shifts from that procreative model where all you think about is you know penis vagina anus whatever that is and you slow down and focus on the connection and then all of a sudden the energy starts to move between you and it's in that relaxation that the nervous system allows it to flow out to the other parts of the body and that's where you end up in an orgasmic state as opposed to a focused orgasm in a single organ. So is it like a body sense? orgasm? Would that be another terminology for it? Yeah. Yeah. Some people also talk, orgasms are hilarious, right? Like depending on who you talk to, they'll say there's like 72 different kinds of orgasms. And, you know, so 
And I think it'd be like, you would say like that it's on a continuum, right? That you can sort of have your whole body go into this state where you're absolutely shuddering. You know, <laughs> it's, it's like you're just uh, kind of off the charts. And But it does sort of rise and fall. And then there's other times where you there's no rise and fall. You just go into this absolutely blissful feeling, almost like you're just floating. And there's no rise and fall. There's no um, consciousness of an excitement. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's very, very different. And that is a very beautiful state to just sort of fall into. And does that? Uh, yeah, it can be. Yeah. Does that tie into what you talk about in your courses about, you know, forgetting about why it's important to forget about ejaculation and how that opens up the magic doors? Totally. So if you forget about ejaculation, first of all, the, the, the most interesting thing is if I'm working with a couple and I say, OK, so this week, you know, you can be intimate, but forget about ejaculating. And inevitably, one or both people will say, That's well, then why fair. are we doing it? <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's a very important question, right? Because if that's the only goal, then there's a lot of things we have to back up. So if you get rid of ejaculation, so for example, this is what my husband and I did when we went to Jamaica. I said, let's just spend a week and we absolutely won't ejaculate. We won't even think about orgasm and we'll just explore what happens. It's like as humans, you become an explorer as opposed to uh Okay, here's the goal. Here's what I got to do, and now we're now we're successful. You know, it's a whole our whole life pattern and business and everything, right? Yeah. What if we just deleted something and then we explored what happened? Hmm. And this is all we did, and and just deleting that suddenly, it's like we discovered parts of our bodies we didn't even know were erogenous, or we just slowed way down so much and we laughed more and we smiled more and we touched more and we kissed more and we it's like we made out like teenagers and we could still be intimate but then all of a sudden even him being inside of me was an exploration hmm. like what does this feel like what does that feel like what if you go slowly what if you stay in deep and so here for example <clears throat> so he would we would focus on not orgasming so of course he would stop moving hmm. he would sort of plug into me and, and he's like, I can't move. If I move, I'm going to come, you know, so we would just, okay, stop. And then we would sort of work together so that he wouldn't come together. It was like so much fun. But then the wildest thing happened because then I had to relax my yoni. I had to relax completely because if I'm really tight and excited, it's going to make him come. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had to relax. And when she relaxed and I write about this in my book and my courses, it's a magic chamber opened up. And this is what, so the inside of the yoni, sorry, I'm like tangenting off here a little bit, but no, the great. inside of the yoni, when we're having procreative sex where you're just sort of pounding, right? And she stays tight because she's protecting herself, right? Which leads into why we have to desensitize and all that later, but or resensitize. But when she actually relaxes, this whole other chamber opens up above and literally, so Suddenly, my yoni reaches down, like the uppermost part, the back part of my yoni reaches down, grabs the head of the penis, and pulled it up. And my husband like looks at me, and his eyes got wide. He goes, "What just happened?" And I'm like, "I have no idea. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't, I've never read about this. This is weird." And then the wildest thing is, so she's holding on to it. I'm not doing it. It's literally just muscles inside of me holding on to him. And then 
it's like the walls of my yoni started milking his penis. Mm -hmm. And it, and it's like, they say it, they, the guys that it happens with, they'll say it feels like a million fingers and tongues mm. just playing with their penis while it's being held. And this is so amazing because when this happens, the penis doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be anything because it's held. Mm. It's literally just being held by suction. And this is what I realized is in the, in the masculine feminine dynamic and the positive negative poles coming together, the negative pole, which is the woman's yoni and the positive pole of the masculine, it's literally a magnet. Hmm. Like it's literally an attractive magnet. And so what happens is when she's in full negative and full feminine, that it's like the, the penis is almost like sucked inside, just like iron filings to a magnet. It's just sucked in there. Hard, soft, doesn't matter. Huh. And, and so then, of course, later I had to practice on other people because I didn't know if it was just him or not. And... And it was, it was, I love, that's my favorite look on the man's face when all of a sudden his eyes pop open. He goes, what just happened? I'm like, I don't know. Just go with it. So you just have to <laughs> learn how to relax your yoni and let that just happen. But while you were talking earlier, I had an, um, a thought about years ago when Dave and I were in Mexico and we went to Claudia, who is a tantric masseuse, and we each took turns. It was a two-hour massage for each of us. And she massaged David's whole body with me and my hands as well. That's kind of what she does there. And he definitely went into a tantric state. You did not ejaculate, but you certainly had some type of orgasmic state. Could, could you elaborate on what that felt like? Was it kind of like what Katrina's telling us right now? Well, it was because I felt like I was off the table. I had cleared my mind and I was just focusing in on the touch and like there was four hands massaging my body but I couldn't feel four hands it felt like a hundred hands and um, yeah I probably could have easily come but that wasn't the ultimate goal the goal was to feel the energy from you and Claudia and it was very interesting because I got into that state and you weren't able to. When it was my turn and it was David's hands with Claudia, I was not able to let go and get in that state. Well, you couldn't You couldn't stop your brain right. and put it into the moment, right. um, which is one of the issues that, you know, we work on every day <laughs> yeah. because brain your brain stop. doesn't stop. But it was a, it was a, it was an amazing uh, moment. What was the feeling that what would, what was it just like? Just like you're on you're on a cloud and mm. you're just floating up there so was it a body orgasm or was it an orgasmic no, state it was an orgasmic state because i didn't really come um and that wasn't the goal mm. and you think that's the only time you've ever had this type of orgasm no no state? normally when we go into tantric touch feel taste um workshops, uh, workshops um i love the letting go and listening and the music and the senses and the and the smells and just enjoying getting away from well, i'll call it reality yeah. and into the moment mm, right well when that happens with two people when that um when you're able to fully connect like that, what happens is is it is just like that you're on a cloud and the bodies completely disappear. Like the bodies are connected and you're floating together. And this is so when we talk about having intimacy for hours and hours and hours, on the one hand, it could just be having no timeline. And you're just literally like my current man, he and I, he would take Fridays off. And we would literally plan to spend the whole day in bed. Well, that changes the whole dynamic, right? Like you're not going to be all, you're not going to be all in a hurry. No, you, not if you've you got a whole day. Last. Mm -hmm. So that creates a whole different 
I don't know, a whole different smorgasbord of what you're going to play with and do. So we literally would just make love for a while, then we might just cuddle for a while, then we make love again, and we'd and of course, or you know, having a ejaculation just sort of changes it. It's almost like you keep blowing the flame out, mm-hmm. right? So if you don't ejaculate, the flame continues, and then you just rest together, but the connection is still there, and then you just continue. And Mentek Chia had this brilliant example. He t- he called it climbing the mountain. I have this one chapter in my book called Climbing Magic Mountain. And he basically said, when you ejaculate, so you play, like, let's say you're in the foothills and you're climbing the foothills, you're climbing the foothills and you get to this point, like, oh my God, this is the perfect place. And you jump off the hill, you know, you ejaculate and you land at the bottom and you go like, oh, that was so awesome. And then the next time you go, you have to climb the same mountain and you just keep climbing it over and over again and keep jumping off. If you don't jump off and you kind of make camp there, when you decide to make love again you start there Mm -hmm. and you start climbing it's almost like you just go and then suddenly the rest of the mountain appears beyond the mist and you start there and you start exploring something new and then you make camp again and you keep going deeper and deeper and it's so bizarre because the experience isn't physical someone just recently said to me oh my god I would love to videotape you making love and I, I said to them but it doesn't look like anything. All right. It's inside your head, your spirit. It's, it's all inside. energy. It's, yeah. it's, it actually looks like nothing. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's besides me screaming all the time, but it, <laughs> it actually nothing. It, it, but inside, I remember I had this one lover. I was staying, uh, actually it's the first story in my book about the soldier who, uh, which I book, talk was, about which this, book was that? Tantric intimacy. Cool. My book, Tantric intimacy. And so the, at the very beginning, I, I tell this story, but I was driving, I was actually on my way to Boston and I stopped in this, in this town and stopped at a motel and there was this beautiful man standing there. And anyway, I got chatting up with him and blah, blah, blah. And he was an ex-soldier and he'd been at war for like eight years and he was back for four and really brutalized by the whole experience, really angry at the world. And, and of course, and he was really hot, right? So I, and I was really intrigued with playing with the masculine feminine dynamic. And so my, my prayer or whatever you want to say, what I was really seeking at that time was partners that I could really explore that masculine feminine dynamic. Cause I, I love being able to drop into my full feminine. Like that's my absolute blissful state. So I was seeking that. So it was hilarious. I drive up and there's literally this dude standing there and he looks at me and he sees my Ontario plates. He's like, wow, you're a long way from home. Well, wasn't very long before we're having a couple drinks and he's like what do you do for a living and I don't tell everyone what I'm doing I do for a living because I don't really want to go there always but with him I totally told him because why not right well later he's like what do you mean you make love for three hours what do you mean you do this like how can that possibly work and eventually he says um well can we can we try any of this sexy stuff and I said well it depends on if we can actually have a intimate connection like it doesn't work if we're just going to have sex, then it'll just be sex. But if we actually can connect openly. And so we just sat together and we, I gazed and I breathed with him. Like I, you can inhale each other's breath. Like I can inhale your exhale and you can inhale my inhale, inhale my exhale. And then you kind of join together. Something interesting happens. And with him, he actually, he was really angry at the beginning because he kept losing touch with reality. Like it was sort of that alien thing was hitting him. And he was like, what's going on? You know, and eventually he actually started crying Mm. and he started telling me what had happened overseas and how it really ruined him. And he couldn't be this compassionate and he couldn't be this vulnerable anymore. 
And so, of course, that's it. We were all in. And so next thing you know, we're inside and we're making love. And he was sort of making fun of me because he was like really, he was really hardened. Like women were all assholes. He was just he was a really angry person. But he, I mean, I'd already seen his underbelly, right? So that's all I needed. Like I was, <laughs> our vulnerable selves had connected, right? Well, so we're making love and it's off the charts. And and he was really pissed off about not having, not being allowed to ejaculate. I literally say aloud because at that point I was really psycho about it. I'm not so psycho about it now. But anyway, all of a sudden we stop and he looks at his phone and it was like four in the morning. And he looks at me and says, well, how can it be four in the morning? He says, my phone's broken. Uh-huh. Because it's not like time passes. You, If you truly connect... It's like you plug into this universal socket and you go into this state and you just, I don't know, I, I sometimes describe it like you're going down a wormhole mm. and you just disappear. And it's not always like that. Like, don't, it's not, it's not like, and it, it's hard sometimes even when I talk about it, it's a danger because I'm creating a goal again, but it's all about the intimacy. It's all about dropping what you want to accomplish in your brain, right? Because it's, you know, I had one lover and I talk about it in my book. And he said, okay, well, here's my goal. I want to make you orgasm six times. And then I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do that. And I'm like, okay, you need to stop all of that. <laughs> like, none of this is going to work if you come in with your brain. Your brain's so limited. Like you, you have an entire spirit and body and everything to explore. Shut everything off of your brain. Every skill you've ever learned. Every, every goal you've ever had. And in the minute you can delete all of that, then... We can have an experience. So, Katrina, I'm going to stop you for a second. Okay. Okay. We've been having a great discussion with Katrina Boss. What we are going to do is we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and do a part two. We're going to get into our Great Sex Matters segment where Katrina is going to talk to us all about how you can make love all day. So let's remind everyone, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. We've been having a great discussion with Katrina Boss, who is a tantrika author and has been enlightening us with some amazing uh, discussion on tantric intimacy. So just hang on right there. We're going to save this episode and come back with part two. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. And we're learning more and more every week with all our fantastic sexpert guests, and we hope you do too. So remember to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, to find credible information about sex and sexuality. And remember to sign up on sdc.com if you're looking for an open-minded online community to meet other sexy people and find out where the events are happening near you. If you use promo code 30314, you'll get your first month free. So check it out. And let's remind everyone one last time about Naughty in New Orleans, the largest lifestyle convention for couples in the world, coming up July 24th to 28th, 2019. It's nearly sold out, so go to our website and book it now. And for more information about anything you need to know, visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, or send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. Well, that's it for our show today. Katrina Boss, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. It was great. Our pleasure. We reserve the right to invite you back and talk more. I know we could have <laughs> talked for hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll come back anytime. Absolutely. And let's thank all our listeners for listening. Our show is getting bigger and bigger every week. And join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Stay sexy, everyone. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on The Sexy Lifestyle Network. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 